This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go we? way back, mate. Yeah. yeah, we should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of Future Stars Now. My name is Mike Freeland. Very, very excited to get a chance to talk to different wrestlers from different walks of life. And tonight, we get a chance to talk to a female wrestler who has been around, and she has gotten the opportunity to cut her teeth in various promotions. She's gotten a chance to work with and train with many successful pro wrestlers, and a very good one at that as well. So that's a little tease. But let's go ahead and let's bring her in right now. Abby Jane, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. Welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, so many things that I was was looking at, obviously, in, in getting prepared for the interview today. But the first thing is you've been a pro wrestling fan for a very, very long time. And I do see some figs behind you, which yeah. is really cool. So who do we got back there? Do I see do I see an orange Cassidy back there? Yeah, we got Orange Cassidy. Hangman, I don't know which way my finger's going. Uh, Sheeta, Bailey, John Moxley. And I think uh, it's 
Candace and Britt Baker. And I just got an Alexa Bliss figure from Target that I'm going to put up soon. Very, very cool. Is that uh, on the very top one? Is that Finn Balor? Yeah, that came with um, one of the WWE 2K games. We got like a deluxe edition. Oh, wow. Um, and it had like, uh, it was like the NXT based. So it just had like this really cool, like Finn Balor model. So I just like took that for myself. I'm like, I need to just display this in my room. <laughs> <laughs> that is tremendous. We will definitely talk about uh, figure collecting because I'm myself i'm a figure collector but let's go ahead and let's start here in the beginning so when did you first get introduced to wrestling i know based upon your biography uh, you've been a fan since 13 and uh so what was the first thing that you saw about wrestling was it something on tv was it something that you just had caught at a friend's house how did you get introduced um so i got introduced to wrestling um somehow my younger brother who i believe was like six or seven at the time uh he was really like into like the superheroes and like the cartoons and really loved like luchadors so my dad introduced him to Rey Mysterio. And my dad was a wrestling fan when he was a kid. So then we started watching uh, old WrestleManias. Um, so the first thing I watched was WrestleMania 3 because we had it on VHS. <laughs> and so we would watch that. And then slightly later, they introduced the WWE Network. So then I could just watch anything I wanted. So I watched WrestleMania 30 was coming out. And then from then, I just, you know, kept watching new things. Oh, wow. So WrestleMania 3. Uh, do you have a favorite match from WrestleMania 3 in particular? It's got to be <laughs> Macho Man or Steamboat. Okay, you That's know what? Like Everybody we've talked to in the professional wrestling industry has always said Macho Steamboat just for the sake of it's such an interesting story that they tell and it's so fast paced and I get tired just watching them wrestle. But yes, I will agree. It is a it's a classic. Yeah, that's probably the first match I watched like all the way through and like stayed connected with it. Just like sitting down and watching wrestling. Um, it's been a while since I watched it, so I definitely want to watch it again. But it has a special place in my heart. <laughs> so you get introduced to wrestling. Obviously, then the network comes along and you get a chance to now just dive into literally everything it's it's the 80s the 90s the attitude eras the different pay-per-views and whatnot which characters would you say really started to pique your interest when you really started to say okay i'm gonna start focusing on this who did you really like um my first wrestler who i'd say was like my favorite wrestler would be uh dean ambrose john moxley yes um because once again like after wrestlemania 30 when like the shield broke up he was doing his uh little feud with seth rollins there that was so intriguing to me that like that got me like hooked and then from then on out it was like i was watching every raw every smackdown i would like go back and watch old shield matches that i might have missed and i just started watching like more and more uh, so i think he definitely like he definitely got me hooked on uh on wrestling like as a whole and like connected with me just like from the start so at what point did you decide you know what i'm gonna take this thing that i really really like and when did the seed get planted that maybe just maybe this would be something i could do at what point did you start to, to have that maybe that self-conversation with yourself. I feel like that conversation was like a tiny little like thought in the back of my head ever since like I started watching wrestling because I was always like kind of like athletic as a kid. Um, I knew I could like go physically at least like starting out. Um, so I, it was always a thought of, like maybe I could do it. Like I have a theater background as well. Like I knew I could do, um, you know, the dramatic part of it. Uh, but I don't think, you know, being like a female wrestler, I didn't think it was the kind of thing that would be doable for me just because I didn't know about like the EDC for when at time, and like in WWE, they weren't really like doing that much at this point. Um, so it's probably uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn in 2015 with Bailey and Sasha Banks. Um, I watched that, and then that was like the moment that I was like, no, I definitely have to pursue this now because like, the path is open to me. 
And then from there on, I would see wrestlers like Candice, uh, you know, wrestling in WD, being a woman there. Uh, Kimberly winning a Chicago Grand Championship. Um, that was like all really special to me and like kind of helped me help solidify like this was something that Wayman could do. And now, during your, your fanhood here, I'm sure you've seen the, the other side of, of the way women were portrayed, which I really feel like when we look at that, I think even when it was happening in the moment, I really don't think it did women any justice. I mean, the bra and panties matches and all that. Yeah, I granted it is entertainment, but I personally really am digging what women are doing now. I'm digging the fact that they're getting more of a spotlight. I'm digging the fact that they're headlining pay-per-views and headlining shows because they are very, very talented. And there are so many women out there who can put on five-star matches. And it's not just about looks. You know what I mean? It's about what the substance is. So I'm really glad you had brought that up because, you know, women's wrestling beforehand, it really wasn't spotlighted. Like when you think about it in, in the WWE, you had, you know, Alundra Blaze and Bull Nakano and you had different stars back then, but you would only see them once every once in a while. But now, like you mentioned before, these women are trailblazers and they're really starting to catch people's attention. So I'm very excited about where women's wrestling is going. And I know right now you are in a prime spot right now being super young being in the business and having that charisma how do you feel right now realizing that this is this is happening for me it's it's kind of crazy i feel like in the last like i mean i've only been wrestling for about like a year and a half maybe so far um but it's like everything's just kind of like snowballed on and on and like now i'm kind of at the point where it's like I've already hit like so many of my goals for this year already. And it's like, I'm already having to make new ones and we're only five months in. Um, and it's like crazy getting to be wrestling at like such a prime time, not only for like indie wrestling and just wrestling as a whole, um, but for women in wrestling and like being able to be a part of that is something that like, I don't know, I could never have dreamed when I was 13, like given the climate at the time. So you're starting to think about wrestling in your timeline here. When did you actually start verbalizing it uh, maybe to people, you know, Hey, I'm thinking about maybe doing this, or I'd like to do this at some point. When did that start to actually become brought out into the public forum that, you know what? Uh, she's talking about this and she's talking about it a lot. Yeah, I think, cause I don't, I was like so big into wrestling. I would talk about it all the time. Um, but I feel like I never like, I was like too afraid to say it. So it was like, you know, I had like a wrestling Instagram page. I was just like, talk about wrestling and my theories and my hopes and like everything all the time. And then like, maybe, you know, when I was, you know, my senior year of high school, getting ready to go to college, like I had like one little thought on there. It's like, Hey, I might want to be a wrestler. And then like, that was it. And then I would like say to one or two people in passing, yeah, that's something I'm considering. Um, but like, as I was starting to look for colleges and I didn't really know what I wanted to do, um, it was like that thought in my mind, like started getting bigger and I was like, okay, I feel like I can't ignore this anymore. Um, so I, I told my parents, I was like, I want to be a wrestler. Like I have to at least try it. Um, so I just started looking up wrestling schools near me and, uh, found my, found my options. What was mom and dad's initial response when you said, I want to be a pro wrestler because we talked to so many men and women with this and, even with the guys, they'll say, mom was against it because mom doesn't want to see me get hurt. I'm sure in some way uh, that was expressed to you as well. But kind of take me through that conversation of mom and dad, guess what? I'm getting in the ring. 
Yeah, I mean, because when I was trying to like go through the process of looking for colleges, like I was kind of really non-committal to everything. Um, and I think my parents kept trying to like bring it out of me, like what I did want to do, because I was like, I know you're thinking of something. I just don't know what. So eventually I told my dad first, I was like, I want to be a wrestler. There's a class, like a free class uh, on this day that I found. I want to do it. Um, and he was just kind of like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't expect that. But like, that's really cool. Because like, he's such a big wrestling fan. And then I told my mom and she was like, yeah, I figured because you love it so much. Uh, <laughs> So they were both really supportive. Um, I mean, I'm sure like they're both worried about me getting her all the time and like not scared about me, like going into everything on my own, but um, they've been super supportive of me the whole time. Uh, and it's been really nice having their support, especially for like their, my, like my biggest shows. They always want to like be their front row, like watching everything. Um, and that has meant a lot. I think it's really cool that you bonded with, you know, your dad over wrestling and he's a big wrestling fan. And I feel like in some way, this is, this is your thing. You know what I mean? Like, this is the thing you guys have together. And now mm -hmm. he's on the opposite side of the, the rail. And now he's watching you do something that you guys would watch together. And it's gotta be, it's just gotta be super cool. And, and it's also gotta be something that I'm sure you take a step backwards and go, wait a minute. Like, this is really legitimately happening to me and I'm good at it and I'm having fun at it. And it's just, I don't know, very few people really get to find what their passion is in life and pursue it. And you found it and you're going after it. So I give you a ton of credit just for that. Yeah, it's definitely, that's been one of the most surreal things that I feel like, especially when like I've gotten like some of my like dream things in wrestling already, I have to like take a step back and say that like, you know, even, especially like in the hard times, I have to remember that like, this is my dream. And like, you know, 13 year old me would be so proud of like where I am now. And like, you know, I was in an AEW ring a couple weeks ago and like my dad helped me buy the first AEW pay-per-view like three years ago. So it's like, he wasn't there in attendance that day. Um, but like when it came out on YouTube, my like whole family watched, um, and it was just really cool. Like, getting to like share that with everyone <laughs> you buy the aew pay-per-view and then 36 months later you're in an aew ring. i mean it's just it's one of those stories that i found it to be incredibly fascinating and it's so exciting because i think what we like to do on this show is we like to tell people hey you know what if you have something you want to go for go for it try it and it seems like you're so dedicated that maybe this makes sense or maybe this doesn't you just felt that you had to at least give it a whirl and if you didn't do you think you would have had a regret down later in life and saying you know what whether it would have went well or not i wish i would have tried yeah i mean i feel like i would have had a regret but i also feel like even if i like you know waited a year waited two years waited five years waited 10 years like i think it would have happened eventually because like um I did like that free, that, um, free wrestling class. And I did have a year at college where my parents were like, you know, give this a try. Like, you know, they didn't want me to just like only focus on wrestling without at least giving classes a try. So I did a year without wrestling and it was still all I could think about. Um, so after one year, like they were like, okay, you can, you can start full time now <laughs> with wrestling. Um, so I think like that one year that I had, like having to like basically make a choice between what I wanted to do. Um, I think that just proved to me that like, no matter how long I waited, I would have like gone here eventually. I would have at least tried wrestling. It was fate at that point in time. It was something that, 
the, the stars were aligned, my friend, and you were you were bound to be in the ring, and uh, and you did. Let me ask you this: the, the free class that you first took, tell me a little bit about that. What was that like? Uh, who was hosting it or putting it on, and and what was it like as far as the people that came to it, and what did you guys do? Um, so the free class was run by Shakara. It's a free workshop that they did every so often. Um, and it was right after my 18th birthday, which was really lucky because you needed to be 18 to join. So that was one, once again, like a kind of, you know, little fate thing right there. Um, so I was like super scared, but I walked into that building and, um, I think that was, uh, I hadn't gone to many indie shows before. So that was like the first time getting to like see a ring up close, like not in like WWE or whatever. Um, which was like, that was kind of like, just knocked me back. I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. Um, and it was run by, uh, Mike Quackenbush. And then yes. the like assistant trainers at the time were Travis Huckabee, Sonny Defarge and Solo Darling was there. Um, so I only really knew of, um, Quack and Solo at the time. Um, obviously I love Defarge and Travis now as well. Uh, but like, it was really cool, like having soul there because I didn't expect that. And like having another woman like there, like helping teach the workshop, um, was once just like really cool. Cause it made me feel like more a part of it and more like at home. Um, and it was like a pretty decently sized, uh, class. I think there were maybe like 20 people there. Oh, wow. Um, and this is like a hot day in the middle of August. Like we're all like, it's so sweaty. Um, I'm like trying to figure out how to like do all the, um, all the rules and everything, the wrist locks. I'm like not good at anything. Um, but like, as soon as I like sit down on the bleachers and start like changing my like sh uh, shoes and everything, I'm like, I know I like, if I could go back tomorrow, I would. Um, and once again, I think that kind of like solidified it that like, I need to like jump headfirst into this. I can't like try another one or I can't like, you know, think about it. Like, I just felt like I knew that that's where I wanted to be like every day if I could. So did you get any feedback or did they give people feedback about, you know, hey, it seems like you're really interested in this. You know, would you be interested in going to wrestling school or was it a situation of you went there, they kind of put you through the the process, the drills, the whatnot, and then you just decided, you know what, I got to start looking for a school now. Yeah, I mean, um, it wasn't like necessarily like a one-to-one -one basis of like, are you interested in doing this? Cause I think also because it was such a big class that like everything was just like focused on the wider group. Um, but like, you know, I was doing the roles and everything like, okay. Like I just got like general feedback from everything that like, I wasn't doing anything like horribly wrong that made me think that like, I wouldn't ever be able to do it. Um, and then like at the end, the question was kind of just put out to all of us. Like, did you know, was anything like harder than you thought or easier? Or, like, would any of you, um, are any of you considering doing this for a career? And like, I was one of those people that raised my hand. Um, so nothing was really put out except kind of like telling us about the class options um, that they had. But um, it was like super welcoming environment. Um, it, like they didn't try to like haze us or anything. <laughs> so like I knew, I, I, don't, I felt like as soon as I left that day, it was like Chicago was the place I wanted to train. I didn't even need to look anywhere else. So many people have so much love for Chikara, um, because so many huge names have come out of there. And now Camp Lee Prague, which is a big deal. Um, you know, you talk about a lot of, when I think of Chikara, I think of a lot of just really great animated people. I mean, obviously Orange, which mm -hmm. is, I don't know if you ever saw, if he saw his documentary on YouTube. Oh, yeah. 
Oh my gosh. So I am, good. Oh, it's so funny. And then obviously Colt Cabana came out of there before and mm -hmm. so many different other people have come through there and they've had nothing but high praises for that. So you go through this class, you come out. How soon did you find the school after that, that you were going to start with? Um, I mean, like, as soon as I left that day, I knew I wanted to train at Shakara. So, like, the whole year I kind of took off uh, from doing anything with wrestling. Um, I started watching more Shakara and, like, like, I kind of knew a little bit of, like, what it was. And I've seen some matches, but, like, I just kind of started delving more into, like, you know, what are their shows like? What kind of characters do they make? What are their wrestlers like? Um, and I was just a big fan of all of it. So as soon as I was like done with my year of college, I just signed right up as like, I think literally like two weeks after I got home from school. Wow. So once you're in wrestling training, you know, we've heard so many people say there's, there's different experiences with the training. Some, some schools do a ton of cardio. Some schools say you're going to train for a while before you even get into the ring and hit the ropes. What was it like with your training school as far as day one and how fast did you hit the ground running? Um, so day one, when I like finally started like full time at Shakara, um, my first class was ran by Ophidian and that was kind of just like a mix of like cardio at the beginning. And then, um, you know, we just kind of started learning some basic techniques, like learning how to bump and hit the mat, learning a couple of wrist locks. Um, and then like a couple of weeks later, I think I started learning how to run the ropes. Um, so I kind of just started to like, you know, try to add more and more on like each day I was there. I was trying to do at least like two days of training when I started out, um, which was like kind of hard. My body was like getting adjusted to it. But then that kind of like warmed up to three as soon as I could, like three days of training. Um, so I mostly did a lot with like Ophidian, um, Travis Huckabee, Sonny Defarge. Um, and then uh, ever since Chikara closed down, I've been doing a lot with at the Worldwide Dojo. Um, with Cheeseburger, uh, Sumi Sakai, and I've done a lot with Orange Cassidy as well. Um, so, like, I've had, like, a lot of training experiences from a lot of really good people. And I think, like, all of it has just, like, shaped me into, like, I don't know, the wrestler that I always wanted to be. So, when you're going through all this training and your body's starting to get used to the bumps and hitting the ropes and all this other kind of stuff, they, they use the phrase... You know, you're, you're basically ring conditioned. It's, it's different. You mm -hmm. know? So then you get to that point. Was there a point when you really started to feel like things started to really meld and come together? Like, okay, I am picking this up. I am getting this now. Now this is becoming more fluid. This is blending into this. And then this ties into this. At what point in your training did you start to feel uh, pretty comfortable with, uh, with the regiment and how things work and putting together a match? Um, I know like, you know, I felt like a few times in my first few months, I felt like I would hit like a weird like plateau, I guess, where it was like, I just felt like I wasn't getting any better. I didn't know how to make things better. And then all of a sudden, like the one thing I'd been stuck on for weeks would just click. And then I would just start a whole, start going all the way up again. Um, and I think it took like a few months for me to like feel really comfortable and like knowing how to put things together and like feeling, feeling like I could get through a whole match. Um, but then when I did, we had like a private like student show at the Chikara um, and I was put in my first practice match ever. And I was like so nervous. I was scared. Like I didn't, I wasn't like ready for it going in that day. I was just kind of thrown into it. Um, but then I got through it and I was like, wow, like I did it. <laughs> and um, it kind of helped me realize like how far I had come because like I know that like just a month or two prior, I would not have been ready for that. 
Um, but I was when it was thrown at me. And so I just kind of like took that as my opportunity to like, just go after more and more challenges that, that would come to me in training. It sounds like confidence just really started to, to build, you know, there's that one thing that you're trying to get over that hump. And then after you get over that, all of a sudden it's like, oh, everything's downhill. Like, well, I get this now I'm really sliding. And then you start adding more. Um, so you're doing all these things, you're training. What did they teach you about promos and about characters? And when did you start to learn a little bit of the more of the dramatic side of pro wrestling outside of just all the physicality? What were some of the things that we're talking to you guys about? Um, once again, in like my first few months when I first joined the beginner class, one of the things that Fidian really liked to do, um, at least when I was around, was he liked to do the, uh, he liked to have promo classes. Like he would bring, um, there was like a card game called Smack Talk Showdown, I think. Um, it would give you like cards and it's like, okay, you're an angry dentist. And then the other person <laughs> would have like, I don't know, something crazy, like, you know, happy student. I don't know. And then you just have to like make a promo based on a situation where like, I'm the, I'm the mad dentist cutting a promo on my opponent. Um, so it was like really fun, like trying to like get, like, you're not trying to be yourself. You're trying to be like the most, whatever character this is that you can be. Um, and that like definitely put me in uh put me in a position where I had to like really get out of my comfort zone there. Cause even though I've done like the acting and the dramatics and stuff, um, it feels like just like ring conditioning being different from, you know, cardio or any other workout promos are so different from anything I've ever like done in acting or on the stage. Um, so it's just like a whole other like acting muscle that I had to like learn how to use. When it comes to, you know, promos and characters and whatnot, did you ever have an idea in your mind? Like I know a lot of us when we're, we're fans are like, Oh, I would always want to be the, the good guy. And that would get cheered. I always wanted to be the villain. Like I always was really drawn to the bad guys. What about you? What was your thoughts in wrestling? Whether you were 13 and watching, was there any vision you had of yourself? Like if I was on that TV screen, I would be like, what? Um, I know one thing I always wanted was that like, just looking at like the women in WWE at the time when I was 13 to the like versus the men, I always, it always seemed like the men had so many like colorful characters and like they would have like the undertaker and like, you know, Kane and just like other like big colorful thing, like characters. And then the women were all just like the one stock, like divas, um, and even the women that weren't like Paige and AJ, um, as much as I like love them, they're still just kind of like anti-divas. Like it was just like the two sides of one coin instead of like, you know, having it being anything that you wanted to be. Um, and so one thing I always wanted to be was like, whether I was, you know, good or bad, I just wanted to be something like colorful and like three-dimensional. Um, and I never just wanted to be like, um, like what the women in WWE were at the time. Um, but I did always kind of, you know, I always had a soft spot for the good guys. <laughs> so you're doing this, you're wrestling, and once you get done with all your training, was it a situation where people helped you out along the way to, okay, it's time for you to go ahead and get bookings? Or was that something that you had to just kind of figure out on your own? Um, I if Chikara had been around when I was ready to debut, then I would have been told it's time to debut and like start taking bookings. Like you're going to debut at this specific show in this storyline with this character. Um, but I was still in training when Chikara shut down. 
So I uh, started training at the Worldwide Dojo, um, and I like got to know a uh, world famous CB really well. But I knew he didn't know me well enough to be able to tell me like if I was ready or not. Like he could just give me advice, but he wouldn't. I felt like now this decision was on me. Um, so obviously I did ask like a lot of my trainers for advice. Like I asked them if they thought I was ready, but like being in the pandemic as well, there weren't really any locate or any spots for them to say, you know, hop in a car with me, I'll get you booked. Um, so when Camp Leafrog started coming around, um, that was a lot of the ultra car people. So I got like lumped into that to like help out. I was refing on the uh, first couple of shows of those. Um, but then for like one of the later shows, uh, the Christmas trios in December, um, when that came around, I felt like in my heart, I was like, I feel like I'm ready. So I just pitched an idea and said, I want to wrestle. Like I can get gear. This is my idea for my character. And it just kind of got set into motion. Um, and I was supposed to just have a, like, you know, a little tiny little match that was just going to be like thrown on, be really short. Uh, until Avery Good asked me to be part of his trios team because some people dropped off due to COVID. So I all of a sudden I went from having like a nothing match to being in the semifinals of Christmas trios. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Once again, always got to be ready, right? Yeah, definitely. That was one of the most. It went from the year prior I had like a practice match and wasn't ready to all of a sudden the next year I am just in a trios tournament and I just have to be like ready for this because it's my first two matches ever. I think that a lot of people, you know, based on just talking to you right now, a lot of people probably pick up this vibe of, man, she's got she got a lot of confidence. She's ready to go. She's willing to do what it takes. Like you just exude that. And I feel like a lot of people feed off of that and they're like, wow, like I'm really impressed with just the way she conducts herself. And I think that goes a big, big way. Um, it's funny you mentioned this earlier. Uh, you mentioned the word gear. So, gosh, we've talked to so many different people about gear from my first gear was from Michael's or I made it or my first gear was from a Halloween store or all these stories that are so interesting so when it comes to gear, the first time you got to put something together, where are we going? What are we doing? Or did you just make a phone call and order gear? What was the process like for you? Um, when I started feeling like I was getting ready to debut, um, I think this was before even I like had thought about debuting at Christmas trios. Um, I just wanted to have gear ready just in case. So, um, a gear that a gear maker that had done some gear for one of my friends, I think his name is a uh, strong style gear on Instagram. Um, he's based in New Jersey. So I just like sent him a text and I was like, Hey, like I'm a debuting wrestler. Like I need some gear. Um, I drew up a little like kind of uh, idea of what I wanted, um, sent it to him. And he just like, was like, okay, I'll do that. Like, here's my PayPal. And then I just sent him the money and then he sent me my gear a few weeks later. Um, and that's gear that it doesn't really fit me super well anymore. So I don't wear it that much. Um, but when I had that done, then I hit up, uh, another gear maker that did gear for my friends, uh, Volcano or sorry, Daryl Peril on Twitter. Um, and she's been my gear maker ever since. So basically since I debuted, she's made my gear. Um, and like, she's one of my really good friends now. Um, I love working with her. Like she gets my ideas and like, we really like just play off of each other. Um, so she's made, I think three sets of my gear now and I've been happy with like all of them. So when it comes to gear, I know that this has been a trend for a while now. 
a lot of people now are using the the short like wrestling boots, meaning like almost the Asics uh, stuff mm -hmm. or even, gosh, even gym shoes. And then they put the kick pads over them and all that kind of stuff. Do you feel like it's still important to have a pair of wrestling boots or are you kind of in that new modern age where you're like, you know what, I think we can do it without that. What is your style when it comes to something like that? Um, I mean, when I wrestle and when I train, I just wear um, Automix. I think that's how you say it, Automix shoes. Um, so they're just like short wrestling slash uh, power lifting shoes. Um, I don't even own a pair of like tall wrestling boots, but I kind of want to get one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just kind of like the look of the shoes. They're super, um, they're super like firm and sturdy. So like, especially when I'm doing like lucha off the ropes and everything, it's like, I know like they have my ankle support and everything. <laughs> so um I'm just, I'm just like comfortable wrestling and training with them. So that's just what I've worn, uh, almost since I've debuted like a little bit before then. Since you started wrestling, has there been anybody that you just kind of really struck up a, a friendship with, or you just kind of bonded with you, you've like connected with someone, um, maybe it's somebody who was in your training class, or maybe somebody you met when you first started wrestling and taking bookings. Is there anybody out there that you're like, you know what, they're kind of like my my uh, brother or sister from another mother type of deal? Um, I mean, being in Shakara, we, we had so many, um, be, we were around with the students all the time because there were so many shows to do crew for. Um, and like the people that were at all those, like I just kind of naturally like came close to them because it was like, you know, I finally had people that like, we all just like wrestling is one common thing. And like, we could just be friends over, like you just talk about anything and just go on these long car rides um, which I'm pretty sure is just the universal wrestler experience. You just <laughs> become friends with, uh, with whoever you can like have a long car ride with. Um, so obviously, uh, one of the people that I have a really good friendship with or better than a friendship is pancakes. Who's my boyfriend. Um, we've been dating almost since I started training. Um, wow. yeah. Uh, Max zero is another person that, um, I gotten really close with. Um, the outfielders, Shay McCoy and, uh, uh Weber Hatfield. Um, we kind of just have like this little, you know, squad of people that I've gotten like really close to and I know I can trust them for anything. And it's like, if I need to go to a show or I can always like get a ride with them, or if I'm like going to a show in like this strange, unfamiliar place or whatever, if like I see anyone like my squad on the show, it's like, oh, I'm going to be okay. So you had mentioned, you know, obviously getting in the car and, and being on the road uh, any weird, maybe funny, quirky, however you want to describe it, road stories. Oh my gosh, this happened. Whether we stopped off at this restaurant, crazy stuff happened. Uh, anything to that nature, anything pop into your mind as far as just, wow, that was a car ride. I don't know. I mean, this, I feel like I've had like so many car rides and just like, the little things are always just the things that stick with me. Um, I went when uh, I was on my way to Black Label Pro about a month or two ago. So our car ride was myself, Pancakes, uh, Avery Good, and Big Dan Champion. Um, so <laughs> that was just a fun car ride because it's just, you know, Dan Champion listening to uh, Bruce Springsteen like for two hours straight. Um, we stopped at a rest stop and all they had for breakfast sandwich was like expired and like weird milk. And it was like really weird. <laughs> so oh. we like, we, you know, we made another pit stop to go to a sheets. So everything was okay. Um, but it was like a weird little detour. Um, 
yeah i don't know just i think the things that just stick out to me are just like the weird moments that just like help bring us together um i feel it's like the weird things like that like the weird detours and the uh you know one person is listening to the same artist for two hours that no one else wants to listen to and it puts them to sleep um it's like those things that like make me remember the car rides the most i have never been a big car ride person because i get motion sick um do car how do car rides work with you are you cool with long car rides or are you kind of like okay i've been in this car for way too long i gotta get out oh i'm i'm cool with anything like i, I never really get motion sick so like i'm fine with like being on my phone in like the back seat or whatever um i can you know fall asleep anywhere so it's like you know it's not like i can't sleep in car rides like i'll, I'll sleep you know wherever i can um so i think in that in that way i'm pretty good for travel um pretty easy going we talked to a bunch of different wrestlers and since we're in the the big age of social media you know um facebook instagram twitter snapchat um TikTok, fill in the blanks, anything that I've left out. But it's so neat because nowadays, after you have a match, it can literally be sent out viral anywhere. So technically, you're seen worldwide almost on every single match. Tell me a little bit about how you like to utilize social media. And do you also like to make sure that when you're at a show or whatever, you know, maybe somebody records something or so you can go ahead and get a copy of it or how do you do that? Because a lot of people like to share their content. Um, yeah. What's your, what's your process with that? Um, I mean, I don't consider myself like a really big social media user. I used to be really big on, um, on Instagram back in the day. I would like, as I said, I would just be like, be being a big fan, like posting everything I could about wrestling just because I wanted to talk about it. Um, but then when I transitioned into like being more of like a trainee slash becoming a wrestler, um, I felt like I couldn't just like post my thoughts about wrestling all day. And then like, you know, I, I would just put more of those thought thoughts into like making something in the ring or something that wasn't necessarily like just me, like in my bedroom when I was 16, just like posting the thoughts every five minutes. Um, so it's like my thoughts have like started to like get filtered more into like actually doing things in the ring. And it's like, well, I feel like I don't know like what to post anymore. Um, so like, I try to like definitely keep up with promoting my stuff, my stuff mostly on like Twitter and Instagram. Um, I like to post clips of my matches if I can, or like, I love finding gifts and like using that. Um, and I always like when I'm at a show, I like to have it recorded in some fashion. Most places I go to, I think it's usually like recorded by the venue. So I know it's going to be up on like IWTV or something soon. Um, so I don't worry about it too much. But if I don't think it's going to be up, I definitely want to get it recorded, even if not to post, but just to have for my own use and to like tape study myself. Um, then I like having it recorded, at least for that. Are you like a lot of wrestlers where you're super, super, super critical on yourself when you watch a match back? Like, oh, oh my gosh. I have talked to so many wrestlers where it's like, I watched that match. That was really fun. I really enjoyed it. And they'll look at me and go, yeah, I hated it. And I'm like, why? So are you also hypercritical on your match? Do you, I mean, some people don't even like to watch their matches back. I'm sure you, you've heard that side of the spectrum as well. Like, I cannot stand watching myself on camera or... Somebody actually even told me, I don't even like to hear my voice when I do a promo or something. Like, it just, it bothers me. So, how soon will you probably watch something back when you get back to your hotel room? Or do you give it some time and just kind of cool down, maybe a few days later, take a look at it? 
Um, I mean, I try to give it a little time. Um, I, I never watch something like as soon as the match is done because I feel like with all my like adrenaline, like me being tired, I'm either going to like, I'm, I'm just not going to be able to judge it correctly. And usually that's going to end up in just me like, you know, hating on myself. So I definitely give it some time always, usually like at least like a day, like at least. Um, and I don't really like watching myself because once again, I am super critical and I feel like I need like someone else there who like understands, um, like, like I need someone there who understands like, no, like you did, like this was fine or like you're right to be critical, but like, don't like be mean to yourself. Like this is just how you make it better. Um, and I think it, it's like really hard to watch myself, but one thing we do with the worldwide dojo is like, um, CB will record our matches and like, make us watch it back like a few minutes late like once the class is over and like he'll give us feedback right there um so that's kind of helped me get like desensitized to watching myself at least um at least just seeing myself in practice and like watching myself in like actual shows is like a little bit different because it's like all my presentation and everything um sometimes it's like easier to be more critical but i just try to like take it in that same stride as just as we're watching it at practice and um just making sure I know that like to have like a steady head and just not get like too crazy about anything critically. Do you have a favorite match so far? I mean, I know you're, you're early in your career, but do you have a favorite match right now that really stands out when you say to yourself, you know what, of all the matches I've had, gosh, I feel like this one just, it was as smooth as smooth could be. I really feel like I clicked well with, uh, with my opponent. I mean, there's been a lot that I've really enjoyed. Um, I don't know if I'm just saying this because it just happened, but I really did enjoy my match with Avery Good. Um, I am pretty proud of that one, and I have even watched it back, and I didn't think it was the worst thing in the world. Um, so <laughs> that's good. Um, I'm pretty proud of a match I had with Megabyte Ronnie at Pro Wrestling Explosion in February. Um, it's on YouTube. It's, I don't know. I just thought it was like really fun. Like We meshed really well. Um, and like the crowd was like so hot for it. And that was just like a really cool vibe. Um, and the match I had at my birthday show for Camp Leapfrog in August last year, um, where it was myself and Ultraman is Black and Hell Wicked versus Travis and Dan Champion and Sydney Bacabella. Um, that was just so much fun. And like, I just think of that whole day so fondly. Um, I haven't like seen the match itself in a while. So maybe I've like, you know, improved a lot since then. So maybe it's not as like good as like I imagine it being, but I just had a lot of fun. So I was like, I don't even really care. <laughs> Speaking of having fun, obviously fan interaction is super cool. Um, when you get there and you're walking down the aisle and what does that feel like? Like when you're down there and, and fans interact with you and whether you're getting high fives or they're cheering for you. I mean, that's gotta be, pretty freaking cool yeah it's pretty like i don't know like it helps me get my like adrenaline started early just like walking out and like even if it's only like a couple people just like asking for a handshake or just like cheering then it's like i still like look at those people and i'm like you know you're cool i can like play off of you and like i go to them i try to give them like something cool and special moment um i love shows tons of kids in the front row because they're so much fun like they're here for anything i just like look at them and i'm just like reaching to them um i don't know i i just think it's so much fun because like i know how much i like wanted that to be me when i was a kid so i just try to try to give them a moment that they'll remember or like talk about you know on the car ride home or whatever anybody give you some really great advice 
uh, early on in your career that you've kind of kept and you've, you've repeated it to yourself and reminded yourself, you know, that's right. Such and such said this to me and blah, blah, blah. Is there anybody who really, you know, came to you and, and said some things that were impactful to your development at that time and, and maybe even helped with confidence in, in the way you perform? I don't know. I'm trying to remember specifically if there was like any big moment. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've just, I'm just like so happy that I had the chance to train with like all my trainers. Like they gave me such good experiences. Um, like they've, a lot of them have just like tried to take the time to like, just help me be better. Or like they'll watch any of my matches if I ask, or like they'll give me advice um, on like a promo or something if I send it to them. Um, so I think just like maybe nothing, I can't really think of like anything specific, but just like them always being there for me. Like I always know that like I can like rely on them. Uh, and like, I know they'll give me like some straight advice. What was that like? Obviously getting to, because you work for GCW, you've worked for AEW as well. What's that like uh, being backstage? Let's say, let's take AC or uh, AEW for home. I said ACDC <laughs> for the AEW. What's that like? I mean, you get brought in. Tell me a little bit about that entire process of how it happened. What was it like during that day and what kind of feedback did you get? Um, so I, I sent an email uh, asking if I could be, like, I just said I was based out of the Philadelphia area, but I would just want to be on any show. And then I just got an email like a month or so later, just asking that I be there in Philadelphia. Um, so I was like, okay. Uh, and then I went to Philadelphia and it was just kind of crazy. Cause it's like seeing the backstage area. It's like, there's just not many wrestlers there yet because the extras had to be there earlier for like the check-in. Um, so we were just kind of like waiting. We had to like get checked our COVID test checked by the doctor. Um, and all the female talent got to be in the women's locker room, which was really cool. So we were kind of like off in a corner, but um, <clears throat> like it was cool that like we were able to just like have our own little space and like be there in the locker room. Like I got to like at least say hi to a lot of the women's wrestlers there, um, which was really cool. Um, the whole day was kind of just, you know, walking around and just like, I don't know. I kind of just tried to like stay out of the way. So I'm just like kind of sitting at ringside um, and I'm watching some of the people like talk about the matches, which is really cool. Um, I got to see a couple um, friends from like Chikara. Like there was someone who was just there backstage that was a trainee at Chikara. Um, of course, I got to uh, see Bryce Remsburg and Orange Cassidy again. Um, I went to a catering was great it was so delicious <laughs> i still like talk about it today it was like so good like buffet style um yeah it was, i don't know it was just like the day kind of feels like it passed by in like a blur just because i was just like you know talking to people or like i would just have my dinner and then all of a sudden it was like i went to go look at the board to see who was having matches and like i was there right at the top um so i was like okay i guess i gotta go get changed now um so I just did that quickly and then just like, you know, they talked about the match. Um, one of the people who like helped like calm me down because I was just like freaking out was uh, Bryce Ramsberg, who was my referee, um, which was really cool. He just like, you know, he just like kind of kept me calm and just like, you know, let's let's go do this. Um, and it was the first match. So a lot of people didn't really watch it. Uh, I passed by Orange Cassidy. And he was like, oh, no, I didn't see it yet. I was like, OK. Uh, but <laughs> I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I 
it's fine. He's, you know, he's got to like put his hands in his pockets and stuff. Um, is, is he as cool as he portrays to be? Is that always basically him? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, did you happen to cross paths with Mr. Jerry Lynn by any chance? I did. Uh, Cause Julia Hart was talking to him at some point. Um, so I went up to her uh, at some point during the night and I got to say hi to him a little bit. Um, I didn't, it was like at the end of the night, I think. Um, so I didn't really get to like talk to him too much, but I did at least get to say hi. And like, I'm a fan of him. So it was really cool. Good friend of mine, a good personal friend and founder of this, uh, of this podcast uh, brand that we've started. He and Mikey Whipwreck and two incredible people. But uh, yeah, Jerry's got a special place in my heart because he's a good dude and he legitimately loves the business and uh, he's actually opened up his own training school in Henderson, Tennessee. So yeah, I, I saw that. I definitely have to check that out if I ever, you know, hopefully I get um, in Tennessee one day and I can just check out, check out everything that's down there. Yeah. So you get to work with Julia Hart. What was it like working with Julia? Um, I didn't really know what to expect, not just like from her specifically, but just in general, I didn't know what it would be like um, having a match there because I didn't expect to like, be able to do much in the way of like my own moves or anything because I did understand I was brought in as an extra. Um, so I was just like open to anything and um, she was like really chill. Um, and like, you know, she has the whole like eye patch thing going on. So she was a little evil, but otherwise pretty chill. Um, <laughs> uh, it was pretty surreal, like being in the ring. And then all of a sudden it's like, she's across from me and the bell was ringing. Um, and we didn't have a, it match didn't go that long, but um, I think that I, I still uh, put in as good of a showing as I could with the situation. And I think that um, it's an experience that like, I'll definitely try to keep with me and like learn from it as much as I can. Did you get any feedback after you came back or did they say, you know, we'll be in touch with you or. Uh, I didn't get any feedback um, right that day. Uh, and uh, I did get invited to um, the show that was the following week in Baltimore, uh, but I didn't end up getting used for that day. But once again, still cool just being backstage. Oh, heck yeah, absolutely. And you also uh, tangled with a, uh, another person who's a friend of the show, Masa Slamovich as well. Mm -hmm. Man, I, you, I, it's so crazy how many things you've done. And you said it before at the top of the show. So many things you've already like checked off your list of things, man, I really want to do this. I mean, you're working with really, really well-known worldwide talent. What was it like working with Masa? I mean, Masha, um, so we were supposed to actually wrestle in Camp Leap Frog at some point. Uh, it was going to be like my third match ever. It was her first match back in the States and she didn't end up getting back in time. So it never happened. Um, but then we ended up uh, doing a little bit at GCW. It was like that giant whatever 18 man tag or whatever, however right. many were in it. So it wasn't that much time. Um, but like, she really wanted to like, you know, try to get in the ring with me a little bit, which I thought was really cool. Cause I was like, I'm five matches in like, why do you, why do you care about wrestling with me? Um, and so ever since then, we, like we've always like seen each other at shows and I'm like, Oh man, like when are we going to wrestle? It's supposed to happen. And now, like, I don't know what it's going to now. <laughs> Um, and then until eventually, uh, she reached out to me and said, um, impact needs someone for their Philadelphia show. Can you do it? Um, so I got to, she brought me in to, um, be her, uh, you know, to beat me up a little bit. <laughs> <on impact. laughs> 
man, you have done so many great, and I keep repeating myself. I know I feel like I'm just on, on repeat, but you've done so many really cool things. And it seems like you're so super, super humble. Let me ask you this. We're only halfway through the year, and you mentioned this earlier. What are some of the things, can you share with our listeners, what are some of the goals that you've put on the list now that you've accomplished some of your current ones? What are some other ones that you feel comfortable revealing? Um, I mean, I would say one of my goals, uh, not necessarily this year even, but just in general, was to be in the um, ECWA Super 8, which I have accomplished. Um, but my goal is to win it. And so I don't know if that's going to happen this year, uh, but like I'm just going to do my best and <laughs> hope that it happens. Um, so yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, I would love to be in the men's super eight as well. Just like Erica Lee, Erica Lee was Erica Lee, Darius Carter. Yes, absolutely. Friends of the show. Yeah. I would love to be on AW again, hopefully have another match before the year ends. Um, so I don't know. I feel like I haven't like, it's been like kind of just a whirlwind of like, you know, I was traveling to AEW for a couple of weeks and then I uh, wrestled Avery good. So it's like, I haven't even like had the time to like sit down and think about where I'm going next. Um, but I think definitely uh, those two. And then um, I would love to just get out a little bit more and like wrestle another uh, new place. Like black label pro was a really cool thing I just did. Yes. So even just going out to wrestle in the Midwest more, that's something I've only done a couple times, but um, if any place would have me, I would, I would love to go. So you're okay if I spread your name around and let uh, some of our promoter friends know? I know we have some friends up in AAW, which is in Chi-Town. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would be great. Yeah, Warrior Wrestling as well. Yeah, that's so, definitely goals. Well, I tell you what, we're going to have to uh, I'll have to open the Rolodex and let some people know because I love to see wrestlers succeed. And if there's anything that we can do to help you along in your career, that's what it's all about. Um, let me ask you this kind of off the topic of wrestling when you're not wrestling, what do you like to do? I mean, do you have a favorite TV series that you have to watch? Uh, is there any type of books that you like to read? Like, what are you doing when you decide, okay, my brain just cannot process any more pro wrestling right now. I need to do something else. What are we doing? Um, a lot of the time, uh, me and my boyfriend would just choose like a new show to just binge watch. So we're watching Brooklyn nine, nine right now. Nice. Um, yeah. We just finished rewatching the office. Uh, we're also watching their doctor who, which I've seen and he has not. Um, so <laughs> I'm very excited about that. He has no idea what's coming. <laughs> um, so yeah. I also love playing my switch a lot. I have it right here. Um, I love playing animal crossing and I'm really getting into breath of the wild again, which I haven't played in a while. Um, so I kind of just like to chill cause I get very intense at wrestling. So I feel like when I'm <laughs> wrestling, I just need to like, <sighs> you compress a little bit. Yeah. yeah. That is, now do you, do you stream your gaming like on a Twitch channel or anything or I do not, but it's something that I've done like a couple times in the past and I just want to do again because I think it would be fun. I just need to like figure out like, you know, a schedule that works for me because I do also, um, have like a real job and do school as well. Um, I am in college right now. so. Um, trying to balance all of that is like something I'm not a master at yet, but you know, we'll see. Holy cow. I take that off the plate then my <laughs> school, a real, a, another job, you're wrestling and training. My goodness, you are a jack of all trades and it is so fun getting to, to talk to you after watching some matches and, and getting to, to see and talk to you right now. Let me ask you this. Um, it's promo time. So I want you to. <laughs> 
go ahead and promote anything, whether it's social media where people can buy merchandise, when people can follow you, any upcoming dates of some shows. So you know what? I'll step back and the floor is yours. Yeah, uh, so I can be found on both Twitter and Instagram. It's at OMG Abby Jane. Um, my merch is on whatamaneuver.net. Uh, the link is in my bio for both of my social medias. Um, I think so far the only thing that's been announced for my upcoming appearances is um, ECWA Super 8 in uh, August 6th at the Monster Factory. So definitely come see that. Uh, I'm really excited. I, there's getting more people announced each day. I'm like, man, I, I wanted to wrestle all these people forever. And like now it's, I don't know how many I'm going to get to wrestle, but I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Or you can also say, you know what? Next time I got you, it's you and me. So I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm very, very happy for all your success so far and you deserve it because you're very dedicated and I can just tell from your voice you're very very go-getter-esque and uh i think that's what this this business needs and i think you're going to be a huge star and i'm so so grateful that you're able to take a little bit of time and talk to us tonight yeah thank you that means a lot is there any chance even though i don't know any real wrestling moves uh i could twist your arm unless you decide to like snap my elbow and i cry on the ground to come back again and uh, and sit down and do a part two with us yeah, this was so much fun. I would definitely come back again. Just let me know the time and the place. I definitely will. You know what, Abby? So great talking to you. We will talk to you down the road. Yeah, thank you. I'll talk to you then. All right, guys. That is Abby Jane. So much fun. We talked about so many things with her. Not only from her training, which is really interesting to know, but her relationships with the trainers and how she was so open to feedback and those are the things, those are the qualities that I think that a lot of promoters look for. Somebody who's a go-getter, somebody who's willing to go above and beyond. Hey, you know what? I'm just going to show up at this show and I'll help out with whatever it takes. And right now, I mean, a year and a half in, let's be honest here. She has worked in so many different promotions against so many big names and the sky is just continuing to open up for her. I mean, how many people, let's be honest here. I don't have a list of things that I said I want to accomplish this year. She's already completed her list, and now she has to add more stuff, and the year is not even half over. That's what we call successful people. Now, the other thing I'm going to say, you love wrestling. You love Abby Jane. You love everything about independent wrestling. Go ahead and buy her merchandise. Buy her merchandise. We're going to go ahead and put a link up on the, the Twitter as my, as my parents would say, the Twitter. We're going to go ahead and we'll put a link up there so you can get her merchandise. Follow her on all forms of social media. And uh, if she's going to be coming to a town near you, definitely let her know that you're a big fan and that you can't wait to see her. And bring your big Abby Jane sign as well. All right, guys, that is going to do it. It has been so much fun. Thank you so much for tuning in. And this has been Future Stars Now. The world of NLW Radio never stops. 